Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to Get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 14 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we are returning to Naruto, fighting against Haku's Crystal Ice Mirrors. Yeah, um, it's actually really nice that they did this. Um, they were sponsored by Savarsky Crystals. Um, they sent them a whole batch of these crystals, and they melted them all down, um, as one is tend to do inside of the country of waves, and they, uh, they put up a nice sculpture. Uh, no. Whatever, let's just jump in. Hey everybody! <laughs> so, hey, um, before we begin, we're gonna do something real quick and give a, uh, uh, a what? What do you think I sh- we should say it as like a, a warning to people? Yeah, this is. Um, so I'm I'm not like super ill, but I've got sort of like seasonal transition disorder. So I super have ill. I'm snotty, and I have like gross stuff in my throat so i'm like clearing my throat and sniffling a lot and i brought a a cup of water in here with me that's kind of loud so i'm gonna do my best not to make noise during this that's not me talking about the episode but you're probably gonna hear some shit in the background and that's just uh the hand that you've been dealt with this episode (laughs) it's gonna be a great episode but that's what's up with me. Also, if my voice sounds slightly different, it definitely sounds different to me. I don't know if it sounds different to other people. If it does, that's why, because I've been coughing a lot. So Yeah, and um, so we are getting to a couple of episodes that are um, a little bit different than our normal style that we're going to be doing with these. Um, normally, we go episode by episode, and we tell you know exactly what happens episode by episode. Um, but for this one, because we're getting to the the fight sequence inside of Naruto, and a lot of times they do this in Naruto, they have uh, two fights going on simultaneously, and they'll happen in like a short sequence, like a couple of episodes, they'll have like wrap-ups of them. And so instead of doing it like each episode and explaining like back and forth, we're going to explain like one fight line and then the other fight line, and then they eventually meet in the middle. Right, so we're, we're going to have two major fights going on. So we've got episode 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19 to cover today. Um, Man, so, Naruto, so much happens inside of these episodes, and yeah, yet this is, there is still so much. This so much is downtime. Like, so th- these yeah. episodes are chock full of information. Episode 14, we're going to pretty much do in the order that it happens. Episode 19 will also happen. Uh, that's Everything has kind of converged at that point. But for those middle episodes, we're going to do part of the story, then the other part of the story, and then we'll merge back into a single narrative. <laughs> so for those episodes, uh, we're not going to break it apart by like, hey, this is where episode whatever ends, and then the next one starts, and it's called this. That's what we usually do. We're not doing that today because it's not going to work out. It'll be much more confusing. Um, it works on paper. It works when you watch the episodes. And these are great episodes um, for the most part. So definitely feel free to check them out. 
Um, but yeah, this is a pretty common technique. I mean, when you see when you see action sequences in movies, there usually is a couple of things going on, and we'll cut back and forth to them. Interestingly enough, I don't think they really cut back and forth on Bleach very much. I think usually in Bleach, you kind of get to an action sequence, and we watch those people fight, and then it sort of cuts back and forth as you're building up to the action sequence. But once the action sequence starts, you're with them until the fight is resolved or until there's some dramatic turning point in the fight. Uh, mm-hmm. Here it's a little bit more back and forth, which is which is pretty normal. Yeah, I think that's the way he writes, though. Like the the writer of Bleach, um, Tita he really Kubo. does a good. Yeah, he he does a really really good job of, um, uh, especially in the manga, where he'll get like uh, a fight sequence and he will focus really really in on that. His, yeah, his style really didn't change throughout the manga series. Just the anime was just like. Some real sometimes hit or in the miss. anime of Bleach, yeah, yeah. There's some uh, arcs that are like unwatchable, and some arcs that are just fantastic. Yeah, if and we ever cover Bleach on this show, we will probably cover it from the perspective of the manga and not from the perspective of the anime. Uh, mm-hmm. But regardless, the the fights in Bleach are fantastic because they're very high octane and very pulse pounding fights. Um, Naruto does a good job with fights as well, but I I think that Naruto's strength is a lot more in the character of the fights rather than in the cool shit that happens during the fights. Um, Not that there's not cool shit, but uh, I think that you're going to have a little bit more like rule of cool in the world of Bleach. In the world of Naruto, it's going to be a little bit more character oriented and they're going to really bring their backstory into it a lot. Um, And I think uh, as we get going on these episodes here, um, which we got to do soon because we've got a lot to cover, but I thought that these episodes really represented some of the best of Naruto and some of the worst of Naruto while still clearly being the author finding his voice. Like a lot of Naruto's core attributes, especially with action sequences, are here. You get flashbacks, you get backstory, you get great action sequences um, that happen because powers are upped, but also because characters are outsmarting one another. Um, you also have really weird pacing issues plaguing this entire arc and including these episodes um, that I don't think are nearly as prevalent as the series goes on. So this is definitely... It's really well done. If you're interested in this show, there's nothing incredibly bad about this arc um, that I think makes it skippable. Um, But it's definitely still the author finding his voice while doing a pretty good job with it overall. Yeah, and with that, let's just jump straight into episode 14. Here we go. Um, Well, uh, I guess we should recap first. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in case you (laughs) haven't been listening or if you haven't listened to the last Naruto episode since it came out, which was like a month ago, um, Naruto is a plucky, annoying kid from a village called Konoha, also known as the village hidden in the leaves. This is one of the great villages where ninja live. They're all ninja in this world, uh, at least the main characters are. Um, Naruto is on a team with Sakura, who is a pink-haired girl who's fairly adept at controlling her energy flows, but not much else. There's also Sasuke, who is a boy genius prodigy. Um, Naruto and Sasuke are rivals. Boy genius? Yeah, he is. They, I think they literally call him that at some point. I'm so, so mad about using that term. All I can think about is Dexter's Laboratory now. Oh, that made me think of Jimmy Neutron. But uh, so we've You're got, from a different generation than me, damn it. 
No, I never watched Jimmy Neutron. I'm just familiar with him. Um, so Sasuke, he is really great at everything. Naruto's kind of a bumbling buffoon, and this causes a rivalry among them. Their teacher is Kakashi, who is a super aloof, smooth manga badass. And uh, he has a secret technique called Sharingan that lets him copy his enemy's jutsu. The Sharingan is an eye that's literally his eye in his face. One of them is Sharingan. Uh, it'll make it's more sense eye. if you're familiar it's with the story. Uh, we'll talk more eye. about Sharingan this episode. Um, opposed, I would like to speak to you about this eye. <laughs> opposed to them is Zabuza and Haku. Zabuza is a villain, uh, sort of a villainous ninja from the Hidden Mist village. Um, he is known as the Demon of the Mist because he famously killed a lot of people. He fights with a giant sword. Haku is his um, girlish friend who is actually a boy. <laughs> Haku wears a mask when fighting and has um, already engaged with Sasuke at this point and has pulled up these... Um, ice mirrors um, creating a sort of dome around Sasuke to trap him in. So they're already engaged in battle. Um, they're fighting each other because Tazuna is trying to build a bridge and they have been hired to kill Tazuna. So our main heroes are trying to stop them from killing him. And uh, they were hired by this gangster named Gato, who's trying to keep an economic hold on the region. I think that's pretty much all of the important information. There's a kid named Inari that we'll mention later. Uh, and that brings us to right now, Naruto at the end of the last episode showed up in a big blaze of glory, arriving at the battle scene yelling that he was here now. And, uh, that brings us into episode 14. Yeah. Episode 14 is called the number one hyperactive knucklehead ninja joins the fight. Double exclamation point. And as Blake so adeptly put inside of his notes, just skip the first eight minutes of this episode. If you're watching it on uh, probably anywhere, but I would say on Netflix for sure. It's, it's like, anywhere. <laughs> anywhere unless they've padded it for some reason. The first eight minutes, mm. is it's literally just the last ten minutes or so of the previous episode cut down a little bit. Um, I think that includes the intro, which is like 60 or 90 seconds. But yeah, literally you can skip to eight minutes in before you get new information. By the way, every every month that we come back to Naruto, I forget about that stupid opening until we watch it again. It's so bad. Come on! It's so bad. I was hoping that we would get a new opening this arc, and we might have because I was watching it on Netflix, so I only saw the intro of the first episode I watched because it automatically skipped the intro on every subsequent episode. Uh, we should get a new intro soon, though, and I it can't come soon enough. The next intro is pretty sweet, and this intro is so bad. Nothing can beat Fighting Dreamers to me. <laughs> that one's going to be a minute. Yeah, I know. Anyways, uh, so um, uh, it looks like you're starting it off with the uh, the Kakashi scoffing at Naruto coming yeah, in. Yeah, which... things are still merged at this point. Yeah. So the the first thing that's really happening here is that uh, Naruto is, has come into the fight, and the first thing that he does is that he he immediately goes into doing like shadow clone jutsu, and like Zabaza just like throws like throws throwing stars at him basically immediately. 
Yeah, Naruto's like, I'm here now. I'm going to be the hero because that's what heroes do. And they're going to save the day. And that's me. And then Sabazo's like, you're annoying. Throws a shuriken or, yeah, shuriken at him to kill him. And Naruto's like, oh, shit. Like, he's, like, <laughs> caught off guard completely. Yeah. And um, and so Haku throws out his, uh, I guess they're, like, I don't know. They kind of look like... Um, I don't know, like acupuncture needles? Yeah, they're called Senbon is the name. Um, Mm -hmm. But they're, yeah, giant needles. Yeah, and so he throws those to counteract Zabuza's action because uh, I I don't, I can't really tell right now. We're going to go into it a little bit later. But there's a weird connection between uh, Naruto and um, and Haku. Well, Haku uh, remembers Naruto. Oh yeah, for sure. Naruto but we don't really and know. Haku met each other in the forest in the previous mm-hmm. um, coverage, and yeah. they Haku recognizes him and is like, "Hey, mm-hmm. don't kill this kid immediately! Like, why don't you let me take care of it?" Yeah, and so Haku kind of like feigns it as uh, as you know, let my fight be my fight, and you take care of your fight. Right. Um, but there's going to be some more stuff coming up between Haku and Naruto that we, we'll learn about in a little bit. It's sort of, it sort of comes down to uh, this this overarching thing that happens a lot in the show, um, which is just like respect for the other person that you're battling against. Yeah. And you'll see that'll happen a lot of times in Naruto. Yeah. The other element here that we'll get into in a second is that Haku is reluctant to kill, and Zabuzu is Zabuza is not. Um, so Haku would like this battle to be decided without these kids being murdered. Um, and that's another reason why I think Haku steps in here. Um, we mm. actually get a little bit of that as well with Sasuke, who, again, is trapped inside of Haku's jutsu right now. So Haku is kind of standing right outside of this dome, and Sasuke's in there. He's been mildly incapacitated uh, by being punctured with all these needles. But uh, he's mm. thinking to himself, like, oh, man, I... I'm hurt, but none of my vital areas were targeted, clearly, or I would be dead now. Um, yeah. Which is important of note because Haku doesn't want to kill these guys. Yeah. Um, so the the next thing that happens on here is uh, uh, Kakashi wants to um, fight, like, instead of Naruto, but Zabaza is still standing in between them. And Zabaza, like, reminds him as if we needed to be reminded, like, if you're going to go over there, I'm going to kill, um, I'm going to kill Sakura and I'm going to kill this bridge builder. Right. So, uh, Kakashi recognizes that Haku is incredibly dangerous and is going to win and he just cannot get to him. Um, so Sasuke, meanwhile, from inside of the, uh, the ice prison, he sees Haku sort of through an opening in between two of the mirrors and he throws a shuriken at Haku who just like sort of nudges out of the way without even looking at him. And then Haku mentions specifically that he really wants these guys to go down quickly and without a fight so that he doesn't have to kill them. And then he phases into his mirrors again. So we talked about this a little bit last time, but basically these mirrors surrounding them, Haku can literally like, walk into them and he basically becomes his image and then his image appears on all of the mirrors and he can attack you from any direction yeah um the the next thing that happens is probably the most cartoony moment that i've seen in in like some of the serious time it's pretty funny i i laughed out loud when it happened (laughs) where they're like 
they're thinking about it and they're like, all right, our best chance is to have Naruto attack from the outside and Sasuke to attack from the inside. And then, like, Naruto's just there inside yeah. without paying attention to it. And he's just like, hey, I came to rescue you. And it's just like, you fucking moron. <laughs> it's so great. He's just, like, kneeling in front of Sasuke and he's like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> Completely useless Naruto. So um, Sasuke restarts the battle by unleashing this huge fireball jutsu. Um, the intent is to melt the ice mirrors, but there's absolutely no effect. So Naruto creates lots of shadow cleanse because that's his whole jam right now. And yeah. they all leave. And for basically all of the first season. Yeah, until way later he's going to learn a new technique. I guess he kind of gets summoning in the next arc, but he only uses it like once majorly yeah he's gonna learn new techniques slowly but for a while turning into multiple copies of himself is his only shtick so oh, aside from talk no jutsu of course which he will use so sasuke's fireball does not work naruto sends his shadow clones they're kind of each jumping at an individual mirror to attack them but haku is completely unfazed at some point in here, um, they actually realize that Haku's ability is technically a teleportation technique, which is kind of a cool footnote on that. Yeah, and um, so uh, so the other thing that you're going to find out here in just a moment is that um, when he uses this fireball, the ice that's around them is uh, a different sort of ice, and he's like, you're going to need more like heat than that to melt this. And Kakashi starts to realize, oh god... This is not just a regular technique. This is called a keke genkai, or a bloodline limit technique. Right, so, so there's ninjutsu, which are things that you can learn. Um, ninjutsu, we will learn way, way later, have different elemental attributes. And mm -hmm. you can be attuned more to some attributes than others, so you're more likely to learn different jutsu. There's also different jutsu techniques, like you can learn healing jutsu, you can learn summoning jutsu... These are all different things that you can learn. Keke Genkai do not work the same. No. So bloodline limits are passed down generation to generation within a specific bloodline. So if you want to have this technique, you literally have to come from that bloodline. And it, it doesn't really go into it as much now. Um, we're going to learn way, way later on where these come from because there's like an original ninja that you'll find out about. Yeah. Um, but, but also they, because of the Sharingan, it is a Keke Genkai and oh, it's yeah. well, incredibly important to the story of Naruto. Wait a minute. So you get onto me about not jumping ahead, but let's talk less about the Sharingan because we don't know it's a Keke Genkai yet. No, they, they literally, about it. yeah, Kakashi says it. He says that he has a Keke Genkai. He says that, He's talking about what Keke Genkai is, and he's like, yeah, this is similar to the Sharingan. It has to be inherited. Um, one other trait that Kakashi notes about <laughs> Keke Genkai is that you can't copy it because, again, it's not a normal jutsu. You have to have the bloodline or you can't do it. Yeah. So um, so this episode is – it doesn't have much more inside of it. No, um, they basically just talk about, about killing game. again. Uh, Haku flashbacks to Zabazu some more, and then he he doesn't want to become a full shinobi by killing. Oh yeah, um, I guess that's a theme in the arc is the idea that like you're not truly a shinobi until you murder. Um, 
Unless you're like a, you're just a horrible murderer. Yeah, it's not the idea that you're like a serial killer or anything, but just that like, as a shinobi, like sometimes things are tough, and the solution is that you have to kill or be killed, and so you kill. And Haku yeah. doesn't want to kill them, and so he's like, you know, I don't want to be a full shinobi by killing you. You guys don't want to become full shinobi, like you don't have it in you. Um, that's kind of it. So, so here we are. We're moving into the blended episodes. Okay, here we go. Uh, I I suggest that we go with the one that doesn't have the uh, monolithic plot in important thing happen to it inside of it until the second. Let's go with the one between Savaza and Kakashi first. Okay, uh, let's scroll down here then. Cool. Um, I so put them in the um, opposite these order. episodes, it's be, you'll see. There's a, a break there in the notes. Yeah. So there, these episodes are called uh, episode fifteen, zero visibility, the Sharingan shatters. Uh, number sixteen, the broken seal. Number seventeen, white past uh, hidden ambitions, and then number eighteen, the weapon known as Shinobi. So, um, so yeah, we're gonna pick up with Kakashi versus Zabuza next. So Haku and um, Naruto and Sa- Sasuke are inside of the. Um, ice crystal mirrors and they are completely separate because of that so um, Kakashi is still outside thinking like can I get past Zabuza and he kind of like mentally he's like oh I could make some clones and try to like bound past Zabuza but Zabuza would easily take them out and ultimately that would just end with me wasting my chakra um, or alternatively, he would take the opportunity to go and kill Tazuna, the bridge builder, which is their whole reason for being here. So he's like, there's literally nothing I can do to get to that fight without winning this fight first. And yeah. in order to win it as quickly and effectively as possible, I'm going to use my Sharingan. So he reaches up yeah. to pull his mask away. And immediately, uh, Zabaza has jumped in front of him, pulled out a uh, kunai, and go gone to stab Kakashi in the eye, um, realizing that like he has to take a moment to pull this away from his eyes so he can focus and release it. Kakashi uh, reaches up his right hand as his left hand is pulling up the um, the uh, I guess it's like it's like a ban. Uh... Sort of like a bandana or a headband or something. Yeah. That's he's like down pulling up the eye. bandana, and he gets stabbed in the hand by this uh, this kunai blade that's coming at him from Zabuza. Yeah, so um, Zabuza's like, "Hey, you should never show your opponent your techniques more than one time," and uh, basically because they'll know how to beat it. And mm-hmm. Kakashi counters that Zabuza should feel lucky because he's the only person to have seen the Sharingan twice. Um, and yeah. Zabuza kind of counters back that, like, even if Kakashi is able to beat, defeat him, he's never going to beat Haku because Haku is stronger. And Zabuza kind of reminisces to um, a quick flashback of him training Haku and thinks that he's acquired a powerful tool, which is yet another yeah. theme in these last couple of episodes, the idea that ninja yeah, it's, are tools. It's, it's not really tools like, like jerks. <laughs> It's a really like messed up way to think of somebody though, because he's really only thinking of him as a weapon and not as a person. So yeah, he very dehumanizing. He's like his feelings or what he's doing. He just wants him to use him to kill. And um and Zabuza also points out that Haku was the person that like broke down the counterattack strategy against the Sharingan. Um, 
And then after he tells him that, the next thing he does is, you know, classic Zabaza, he pulls up a whole bunch of mist around himself. Yeah, he's he's uh, kind of going back on his own word there. We've seen this jutsu before, Zabaza. I mean, come on. Like seven times. Yeah. <laughs> so the difference is that this one seems to be particularly thick. hey And uh, so Kakashi's having a really hard time seeing through it. And Zabuza mm, goes so thick. <laughs> <coughs> oh, you've killed me. So Zabuza goes on like a little monologue about how he's he's kind of figured out the trick to Kakashi's Sharingan. So if you remember, in their last altercation, Kakashi started doing the same jutsu that that Zabuza was doing because his whole thing is he's the copy ninja and his Sharingan allows him to copy other people's techniques. But then he started doing the techniques before Zabuza was doing them. And Zabuza was like, is he reading my mind? And it it basically defeated Zabuza by making him lose his confidence because he couldn't tell what was going on. So what he the conclusion that he's come to is that the Sharingan actually was hypnotizing him and it was tricking him into believing that his opponent was reading his mind when actually he was just being hypnotic, hypnotically misled to actually like form the ninjutsu that Kakashi wanted them to. So basically he's like, now I've created a thick fog and for good measure, I've closed my eyes so you can't hypnotize me. <laughs> and so um, uh, in this moment, Kakashi is getting a little bit distracted by something that's happening that we'll talk about here in just a minute. And meanwhile, Zabuza goes to attack um, against uh, Tazuna and, uh, and uh, Sakura and Kakashi gets there like just in time as the blade is coming down. He like takes a takes a hit from um uh, from Zabaza and like gets pushes him off and he notices uh like you know he notices him in just that amount of time so he's able to like counterattack it. But it's it's almost it's almost really bad. Yeah, There's he gets this, like, hit really the side, bad right? scream. Yeah, he he gets hit pretty hard. Yeah, this um, is actually and, in episode end fake out. Where at the end of one episode, you see that uh, Zabuza has appeared, and then it kind of cuts up to the sky, and a splash of blood flies up, and Sakura screams. And then at the beginning of the next episode, you see, like, oh, it was because Kakashi jumped in the way and took a hit. Yeah, they're they're gonna do that. They're gonna do that twice in this couple of episodes. It's a it's a common trope. <laughs> Anyways, um, so. Kakashi goes. He, he keeps he keeps on getting uh, into this battle. They have a little bit more of back and forth where they talk about like Kekagenpai limits. Um, Kakashi talks more and more about um, how uh, 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 oh a big thing that's coming up that has to do with Kekagenpai whatever um, is that um, Sasuke is the last of the Uchiha clan. Yeah, and the Uchiha clan has the Sharingan. They're like the only people on the planet that has a Sharingan, unless you happen to maybe have stolen one from somebody else's dying body, yeah. not giving away anything in the future, but somebody may have done that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, this was some interesting world building. Like, I feel like what happened was the author r- realized that he wanted to have some sort of tragic back backstory for Sasuke and 
when he sort of introduced the character, wasn't sure what it was going to be. And by now he's figured out the sort of structure of it and what it's going to kind of start to look like. So he peppers that in here and it's done in a really cool way. Instead of seeing flashbacks to what happened or instead of having the character just tell you what happened or talk about it, other characters mention it. So Kakashi's like, you know, Haku might be really strong, but you shouldn't count them out because Sasuke, he's from the Uchiha clan, but specifically he's the last member of the Uchiha clan and Zabuza, or sorry, he says he's from the Uchiha clan and then Zabuza says, is he really the last remaining member of that tragic clan? So lots of future stories uh, peppered in here and just a couple of lines of dialogue, which I thought was a great touch. Yeah. Then explosion, something insane just happened inside. Some of the shit's other going fight. on we'll in the other in fight. A second, uh, Zabuza and Kakashi uh, notice it, but kind of uh, start to shake it off. Um, uh, and or at least Zabuza does. He's like, "It's it's it'll be fine. It's probably just something like you know them ending their fight. It'll be over soon." <laughs> Meanwhile, Kakashi is like, "Oh shit, we need to do something immediately." And he pulls out this little scroll in what can only be explained as the sickest drop a scroll out of a pocket on your breast, <laughs> like, ever. Yeah, he it's just like this does, little flick maneuver, and it just slides out. <laughs> he also does so a little sweet. bit of ribbon dancing. <laughs> he has been practicing for this. He's so excited. Like, literally, he pulls out this scroll, and then, like, you know, pulls the paper out so that it's sort of waving around and then he just twirls it around himself a few times for funsies like kakashi was feeling like a little pretty little princess today <laughs> and then he uh <coughs> he bites his thumb which is going to be the first time we're ever going to see this it happens um, a lot then slides it across the paper and then rolls it back up and slams it on the ground and tells zabaza that we need to focus on what might be happening across the way because it's really uh, it's really important that the, you know whatever's over there doesn't get out. Yeah, spoiler um, alert: we might all die. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really big deal all of a sudden, and uh, he slams it into the ground, and he's like, "All right, Zavaza, no more playtime." Um, I think the next thing that we see is the summoning, right? Yeah. So. Kakashi has used summoning jutsu to summon all of his dogs, which is just the best thing to do ever. When yeah. you, when and you they have all a rough come day, out of the ground. A billion dogs. Yeah, so they these all are come out of the ground. These are ninja dogs. I said Kakashi's living his best life. <laughs> <laughs> so these ninja dogs are not just normal dogs. They are sentient one of them at least is seen to speak, if not multiple. Um, and they have various ninja techniques, so they're able to burrow under the ground. So when he slams the uh, the scroll into the ground, he has summoned them, but you don't see them because they have burrowed under the ground. And so they just appear bursting from around the earth near um, Zabaza, and they all like latch onto him with their teeth so he can't move. Mm -hmm. And it's... It's really cool because Zabuza is is trapped there all of a sudden. Like he was so shocked and he had no time to react. And Kakashi's like, "Yeah, so remember that time that you stabbed my hand and then cut my side? I let you do that so that your weapons would smell like blood, so that these dogs right here could get to you. So yeah. you got played." 
he also gives him like a he he pulls a little a couple of jabs on him and he talks about how Zabaza is sold out and become Gato's man and like fighting for this like thing that he shouldn't be fighting for. Yeah, but and also then, apparently Zabaza killed the Mizukage, which I did not remember. He literally like Zabaza's thing was he was performing a coup and he I don't ass- remember that. They said it in the episode. <laughs> he kills the Mizukage and then tries to take he tries to perform a coup d'etat and take over as the leader of the Hidden Mist village, but it doesn't work and he flees with like a small band of loyal followers who have since left him and basically like he's on the run as the person who basically killed the president of the Mist village and uh, that was a huge deal because we meet the Kage way later in the story and they are all not to be fucked with. So this is a yeah. huge deal. Yeah. And then... Also, wait, remember the Mizukage you... is the youngest, probably because the other one got killed. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, um, the next thing that we're going to see is uh, Kakashi summoning... And you call it Raikiri? I thought it was the... the... Wait, is... Is the Chidori later on? Chidori is Sasuke's were... version. So oh, the Raikiri Kakashi, is what he calls it beginning with? Yeah, Kakashi has Raikiri. Sasuke has Chidori. They're very similar. I don't... If they have a difference, it may be explained in the show later on. But, like, basically Raikiri is Kakashi. He's either summoning electricity in the air around his hand, or he is expelling his chakra in a way that turns it into electricity, but basically has a big lightning hand. Yeah, and he comes full speed, all of a sudden, running at Zabaza, and uh, he's yelling at him, and he's talking about his principles, and cut to the other fight. Right, so meanwhile, all of this has been happening, and a couple of the effects of the fight that we're now cutting to have been uh, seen and felt in the fight that we just covered. Um, We're going to go back to Naruto and Sasuke versus Haku. Um, It starts before the Zabuza, um, the Zabuza fight with Sakura kind of cheering them on, but she's not really doing anything. So um, we're back to Naruto. He's launching another shadow clone attack. And this time Sasuke, yeah, it's his deal. He's not very creative right now. So Sasuke is just kind of watching. And this Mm -hmm. time he realizes that as Haku attacks naruto to destroy his shadow clones sasuke can kind of see the trail of haku's movements like he's moving so fast that you can't really follow him with your eye but suddenly Sasuke's sort of able to track where he had been a second ago mm-hmm. and sasuke is like okay hey naruto why don't you do that again so Sas- naruto launches a third shadow clone attack and this time as he leaps to attack sasuke k- kicks water into the air to see Hoske, uh, Hako's movements even more. And so, like, as Haku is darting around, you can see these drops of water in the air are sort of flitting back and forth a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's pretty and, sweet. Uh, yeah. And so, like, uh, Sasuke is really breaking down this attack maneuver while using Naruto to use the same technique over and over and over again. Uh, Naruto, at the same time, is getting a little bit tired and uh, Haku is starting to realize that um, he's he's being paid attention to a little bit more. And then this next time that he attacks, 
Um, as Naruto is jumping up, Sasuke is watching, and he fires a fireball at the last shadow clone that uh, that Naruto has while Haku is moving towards it, and he clips the like the leg of Haku just a little bit to like singe his pants. Yeah, he was like basically the best case scenario was that Haku was not going to be able to stop himself and was going to plow right into this fireball. Unfortunately for them, Haku is able to counter. He sort of stops his, his movement and gets out of the way, but uh, not completely unscathed. So now he's been singed, and Sasuke is like, all right, I'm figuring this out. I'm, I'm locking down your timing here. Yeah. Um, so uh, he, he, ne- he next uh, tries to get um naruto to run outside of the ice mirrors to attack from the outside like he should have been the whole time yeah i mean i'm pretty sure they should have just done that the whole time stupid naruto Naruto. just run in like a fucking idiot what a shock Um, anyways so um so haku um haku goes to stop naruto as he runs out of it and uh sasuke tries to hit haku with a fireball again and haku dodges it like this last second and um, he throws these little Sinbon at um, at Sasuke um, and kicks Naruto back to the center. And they they end up trying to make, like, another escape attempt right afterwards. It, yeah. It basically goes a so, little bit the same, and then you hear a scream from outside. Right. So they have tried to get him twice now, and it's failed both times, but Sasuke is being encouraged by this instead of discouraged because he's like, I'm tracking this guy. I'm starting to get it. Like I'm, I'm going to get him one of these times. Uh, this gets us about to episode 16. We also covered some of episode 16 in the last fight, but an important note is just like earlier, you can literally skip five minutes into episode 16 before you get any new content. Um, you're going to see this a lot in this arc, especially these episodes. Uh, it's a lot of fighting, which goes very quickly. So they kind of pad it with recaps, but they go a little overboard. There's multiple minutes recapping the previous episode, so feel free to skip ahead. Um, it's worth it. Yeah. And so um, uh, Sasuke is getting faster and faster, and uh, and Haku can't really figure out how he's starting to learn his technique and watching him and learning his speed. Um, the really big one that like breaks it open for Haku, though, is that he pulls, he grabs one of the discarded Sinbon, and as he's throwing these, like, more of them at him, um, Sasuke literally reads all of the throws and knocks all of the new Sinbon out of the air. Um, which would be great, because uh, Naruto would be able to, like, launch another counterattack, but Naruto has, in the meantime, passed the fuck out. Yeah, he's been trying to escape, and Haku's been beating him back, and he he's done for a minute. He's completely loses consciousness. So Sasuke dodges another Senbon attack, and then suddenly this huge moment happens. And he. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, it's cool. So he looks up, and he has his own Sharingan. So uh, I think we've spoiled this already, but Sasuke, as a part of the Uchiha clan, his bloodline includes the Sharingan abilities, which, as we've seen so far, has allowed Kakashi to copy his opponent's techniques. Um, That's not exactly how Sasuke's will manifest. Um, Right now, it basically has allowed him to become even faster at tracking his opponent's movements. 
But that's what he needed in this situation, so it's all right. Um, also, yeah. I wrote here that this really felt like a really serious moment to me because in the span of the show, in both Naruto and Naruto Shippuden, the Sharingan is huge. It is – it. Sasuke is really important to the story and the Sharingan is really important to the story and they are intrinsically tied together. The Sharingan is the reason that all of the shit hits the fan in Sasuke's family and why he is such a tragic, tortured person. And there's a lot of plotting around that power that comes especially later on in the story. Um, And the ways that the world has reacted to this ability is what shapes Sasuke's backstory and what shapes his story going forward. I mean, this is huge. And this is the first time that it appears on this character. Like, this is a pivotal moment in the story of Naruto from start to finish. And it really kind of hit me when he looked up with his eyes changed for the first time. Yeah. And so the next thing that happens is that um, Sasuke, uh, Sasuke realizes that he's going to have to protect Naruto. And Haku realizes that he's also going to have to protect, or that Sasuke is also going to have to protect Naruto. They realize it pretty much at the same time, and Haku attacks Naruto's body. Um, Sasuke, like, reads this, reads the movements, he picks up Naruto, jumps away, um, like, I guess from being thrown around this battlefield that, you know, these these attacks are coming faster, and also um, uh, Haku is talking to himself about how, like, if if he's using this amount of power, I'm going to have to start aiming for like vital parts of his body, or right. he's going to overwhelm me. Because like my this technique I'm using is using up so much chakra that I'm eventually going to like run out, and there's no way that I can stand up to him in like just a hand on hand fight. Yeah, and it's like that used to be okay because Haku used to be so above them, but it turns out that Sakura or that he has underestimated Sasuke. And that Sasuke's awakening uh, Sharingan has also kind of given him a boost. So Sasuke has moved up in the scale of power and ability in this fight, while Haku's estimation of him was lower than it should have been. So the stakes have changed, and Haku realizes it. Oh, yeah. And um, and Naruto, after being like roused a little bit throughout this fight is uh, is starting to wake up and he's starting to try to like stand up and work with Sasuke and uh, meanwhile, Sasuke keeps on having to protect him, and in doing that, starts taking like direct hits um, from the Sinbon in like vital parts of his body. So he's getting like stabbed all over, and so is Naruto, and they start to go down. But Sasuke is is protecting Naruto and talking about how like he is somebody that he respects in this moment, and that he's going to try to protect him and don't pass out. Because, like, I swear that I'm going to protect you, too. And it turns into, like, this sweet brotherly moment between these two characters. Well, that happens which... after he's already been hit. Oh, yeah. Like, he... It's, like, it's really... Basically, Haku has tried to strike Naruto while he was down. And Naruto mm-hmm. wakes up to see that Sasuke took this, like, fatal attack instead oh, yeah. of Naruto. Yeah. And yeah, they have this flashback to their their rivalry, and Sasuke is like, "Man, I hated you," and Naruto's like, "Well, I didn't ask for your help," and Sasuke's just like, "My body moved of its own accord," and then he just passes out, and Naruto catches him before he hits the ground. Yeah, and then 
we have our first, first amazing moment of Naruto. <laughs> well, so, so Sasuke hasn't lost consciousness yet, and he's like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he mentions to Naruto, he's like, it was my goal not to die until I defeated my brother. And then he's like, Naruto, you can't die. And then he loses consciousness. And I got to take issue with this. There's this whole thing in here about how Sasuke dies, and it is played mm-hmm. straight. They do this, and later on, Sakura is going to have this whole drawn-out dramatic moment. All of these moments are they are paced and written as though Sasuke has died, and he does not die. In the end, he survives this, and he goes on to be an incredibly major character throughout the entirety of the series. Like, I don't get it. I wonder if the author was intending to kill him off here. And then just pulled back. There there are a few times in the series where he threatens death if something happens. And then that thing happens and the character doesn't die. And there's no like reason why they survive it. And this is absolutely one of them. Like, yeah. for all intents and purposes, Sasuke has been hit with a fatal attack. He dies. The characters react to his death. Mourn his death. And then he just stands up. And it's... Yeah. It's a great moment but it's kind of tainted by the fact that it feels like it's either tacked on for effect or like it's a decision that was then reversed without justifying it like it's weird and it's frustrating but anyway not to not to poo poo on this moment too much but i also think that the reason why they did this and not to like you know, they, they don't have to kill off Sasuke in this moment, but at least give it, like, he's going to die, and so uh, Naruto has to protect him. I understand why they did this, because in order to get this uh, uh, this flo- uh, this uh, this cloak that we're about to get out of yeah. the closet, um, we had to push Naruto to the limit, and one of the things that he has a connection to is Sasuke. We found out more and more that they have this weird brotherly connection and that this this thing is going to push it over the edge if somebody gets like re- he really, really hurts or kills somebody that he really cares about. Yeah. And all of a sudden a, f- uh, a switch is flipped in Naruto and uh, we see what's called a uh, the, the nine-tailed fox cloak come out for the first time it is crazy crazy powerful orange chakra that comes out in like a ribbon of it looks like fire around him like yeah. ripping up the ground yeah chakra Naruto... is usually seen as blue and mm-hmm. this is orange also one thing that they note is that while haku is looking at him he says something like oh you can't usually see chakra so, like, yeah. we can see it as the viewer because it's visually exciting. But, like, generally speaking, when these characters have this blue energy around them, that's not taken to be something that other characters can see. This oh, orange yeah. chakra is visible. Yeah, it <coughs> is. And <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry, I'm dying. <laughs> Anyways, so um, Naruto is summoned this this amazingly powerful chakra. Um, in the meantime, he is being hit with a couple of these uh, Sinbon, um, and uh, they are like popping out of his body as he's becoming stronger and stronger. The cuts on his hands are like steaming as they uh, they like heal super yeah, fast. Like flash healing. His, 
He's his pulling a nails Wolverine are growing right longer. Hold on, he is not pulling Wolverine. He is pulling a fucking Titan because that's what the Titans oh, yeah. do. They like that's burn true. off. Steam. Yeah, and yeah. so he like is doing that, and his teeth are getting longer, and like the uh, the little three lines on each side of his face are becoming more and more intense. Yeah, and his like eyes have become whiskers. like this orange color, and then they go into like a slit of an eye, kind of like an a wild animal would. And you see Haku start to like, oh god! So he throws more Simbon at him, hits them in the back. And he like just like flexes, and they just like pop out of his back. Yeah. And also, he the, like looks. <laughs> the secondary uh, power of the Fox Cloak Jutsu is that the animation quality goes way up. Oh yeah, he like stares at uh, Haku in this moment. And it goes into like this crazy black and white face that's just like ah, it's and, so like, cool. Haku's like, oh god, what yeah. is happening? Haku literally is like, he has murder in his gaze. This is nothing like what this person looked like a minute ago. Yeah, and so he's like, I have to do this. So he grabs a whole bunch of like Sinbon. He jumps out of one of the ice things above him. Goes down at Naruto. Naruto knocks him, uh, or like jumps out of the way. Then, as he's trying to jump back into one of these mirrors, uh, uh, Naruto breaks that mirror. He tries to go into another mirror. Naruto gets to him too fast, grabs him by the wrist, and then just like savagely punches him in the face. It's awesome. It's such a good exchange of blows, and it happens so fast, but it's awesome. And like we said, the animation quality goes way up, and it's beautifully animated. And he just smashes Haku's face and sends him flying, like, literally out of the Crystal Ice Mirror's dome and, like, rolling and spinning across the ground until he comes to a stop. Um, The jutsu uh, shatters, and Haku's mask shatters. animation behind him. So cool. That animation behind him as he's standing up and all of the ice is just breaking behind him. It's and awesome. And he's just like, he just looks crazy. He come, he starts coming at, um, at Haku again as the pieces of his mask are falling. He goes into a punch and then Haku is just like, this is it. This is where I die. There's no way I can stand mm-hmm. up to this. Go to the next episode. So, yeah. He's standing in front of him. And, and he then, hasn't punched him to death. Yeah, Naruto stops and pulls his punch because he recognizes the face behind the mask. And mm-hmm. this has sort of brought him to his senses. So yeah. this is where our two fights fuse together. We're going to take this opportunity to flash away from those fights for just a second. Back to Inari. Uh, I refuse to talk about Inari. Well, it's kind <laughs> of important. If you remember, um, Inari is the uh, whiny little baby kid who is the grandson of Tazuna, the bridge builder. They've been staying with them. Inari's whole deal is that people can't be heroes because his um, adopted father was the town's hero and then was killed by Gato, the mobster. And that was done as a method to break the spirits of the people in the town. It was extremely successful. Now nobody stands against Gato and Inari doesn't believe heroes exist anymore. Yeah, um, and then Inari starts a letter writing campaign, and he starts to send it to his local mayor. This is and, um... not at all accurate. So <laughs> Inari has had his heart and mind changed by Naruto's heroic deeds, 
and he realizes that Naruto's at the bridge fighting for them in the town, so they should also go and be there as well. Um, you see him knocking on the door of a villager, sort of talking to him through the door, being like, hey, we've got we've to gotta go join the fight. Um, oh, I was wrong. He's doing a census. Um, yeah, he's going around, sir. Uh, <laughs> have you heard of our lord and savior, Naruto Uzumaki? <laughs> So I've, deci- I've decided to just start a campaign of ignorance here inside of this episode, just against how much I hate Inari. You're just so sabotaging I'm just gonna, it. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna tell people things that don't actually happen in this These are episode. All falsehoods. Spencer is an unreliable narrator. <laughs> so Inari is kind of trying to talk this guy into going to the village, and he's like, "No, we're not going to go." And Inari kind of flashes back to um, his father figure telling him that he should live life, you know, protecting, fighting to protect the ones he loves so that he will have no regrets. And Inari kind of parrots this back to the dude. Um, Later on, you see him with his mom and he's like, hey, I'm going to the bridge. Nobody else is going with me, but I'm going. And his mom's like, please don't, you're going to be killed. Yeah, and his mom's just like, you should become the best surfer alive. So he goes out and he takes takes surfing lessons. Nope, not that. So Inari is like, I'm going to leave. I'm going out there, even though nobody will go with me. And he opens the door and you see like all these villagers have arrived and they've been roused by his courage. And they were they waiting for him. They also love surfing. They're off to the surfing competition. So <laughs> this brings us back up. I think a little bit of this uh, is right before episode 19. So we're right at the end of episode 18 where these battles fuse together. So back where shit's cool. Haku is facing off against Naruto and it's basically like you got to kill me. Um it's it's not compassion to leave your opponent alive. It's cruelty because uh ninja are tools and when the when I lose against you, I as a tool have lost my usefulness and since I my whole being is tied up in being a tool for Zabuza, I don't have a reason to be alive anymore. And then we get yeah. flashback no jutsu. Yeah, there's a lot of it in this moment. They're going to think she's, you know, I said she. He's going to think back to, you know, how his his family was being eradicated because they were trying to eradicate Kika Genkai. Yeah. And, like, they basically, were killing all of these different families at the time. It's and really cool. This, there's a there's a yeah. civil war in their land, and the people with the Keke Genkai are so powerful because it's not normal jutsu, and so it's more unpredictable. And they basically became like this legend where people with Kekagenkai were hated and feared because they had these strange abilities. And that legend turned into racism, and they started killing them off. Yeah, and he says it at one point. He's like, if you want to know how this came about, ask Sasuke. He'll know. Did he? Yes, he says it in the episode. He's... When they're talking about it, they they talk about how like one of the reasons that they believe that this was going to happen, and this goes right back to like, okay, we're going to get into who Itachi is. Just wait for it. But no, there is a fantastic, <laughs> no, no, no. But we're going to get into a fantastic story. There's an there's two episodes that are just told in flashback that talk about this exact same thing that was happening in the uh, the village hidden in the leaves at the exact same time that he's talking about in this episode. And it's fantastic. If I, I watched uh, th- those two episodes right after these this episode, and I was like, oh my god, it's literally the same time. 
they're talking about the exact same thing that happened simultaneously in two different villages. Yeah, so it's it's basically a form of ethnic cleansing that's going on. And Oh, it's horrible. So essentially Haku as a child has inherited his bloodline trait from his mother and she had hidden it from his father because it was so dangerous to be to have Keke Genkai. But then Haku's ability manifests one day and he's out playing with ice because that's his whole thing. And his dad sees it and then shows up with some ruffians from the village and totally murks the mom. And they're about to kill Haku. And then they just sort of like flash away with a sound effect. And you see Haku like run out into the snow and like collapse in the snow weeping. And then it cuts to where you see Haku in the foreground and his hut in the background with just spikes of ice exploded out of it. And it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. There's there's some really cool stuff that they do with this. Um we'll we'll see one later on that that uh that has to do with like um different elements. One of them is like a bone one, which is Ugh. the sickest fucking fight. So ever cool. In the first first uh, season of, of Naruto. But we'll get to that in a while. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're going to cut back to uh, normal times. And um, Naruto and Haku are facing off. Um, he's noticing that Naruto is not nearly at the same strength level that he was fighting with before. And, but he also notices that there is something um, happening to Zabaza. Zabaza is incapacitated and uh, Kakashi is coming at him full steam with a Rekiri. Yeah, he is about to die, and Haku is about to be killed by Naruto. It's a little unclear, but it seems like Naruto has made up his mind to take out Haku, like Haku keeps asking him. And Naruto is about to strike when Haku grabs his hand and is like, sorry, change my mind, and then leaves. <laughs> yeah, and the next thing that you see is um, uh, it's become very meme-worthy in the, in the future, um, people put this all over online. I'm definitely going to use it as one of the memes next week. Um, but it is, uh, where, uh, he has, uh, gone forward with Raikiri. One of the things about Raikiri is that most of the time when somebody uses it, they <coughs> aim for someone's heart and he uses it as a lance to stab at Zabaza's heart and Haku is stepped in the way and, been stabbed through the heart by um by kakashi's hand yeah and haku in death grabs hold of kakashi's hand so that he can't escape and zabaza is like i i think the dogs have been unsummoned at this point like zabaza's been immobilized it's fine oh yeah so no, no, no. you see the uh the he's sent he's thrown sin bond oh right the, uh, haku does scroll. that yeah that was so cool i can't believe i forgot so as haku arrives to um, save Zabaza, he also throws a Senbon, which tears the scroll, which breaks the contract, so the dogs disappear. So now Zabaza's free, and Kakashi is stuck because Haku has grabbed a hold of him. And Zabaza swings his sword at Kakashi to take him out. And at the last moment, Kakashi just grabs Haku's body and leaps away with it so that he doesn't get hit. Yeah. And he's sort of laying Haku down. By the way, the meme I'm talking about is uh, she said she wanted to give me your heart, Sochidori, um, <laughs> which is my favorite meme that I've seen about the show. Um, 
So he's laying Haku to rest, um, and he's like, uh, ex- you know, there's a little bit of talk nujutsu happening at the same time, but the big thing that's come up here is like, Kakashi is not just fucking done with the way that Zabasa is doing this. Yeah, Zabasa, I think, talks a little tool. bit about how Haku was a tool, and mm-hmm. Kakashi's having none of it. And he's like, you use this person as your weapon, and you refuse to even accept uh, any emotional connection to this person, even in death, even when they threw their life away for this, and you had them, like, kill, like, this this student of mine, and then, like, Kakashi just... He just beats the Christ out of Sasa. Awesome. Kakashi's so cool. Um, the other thing at the end of this episode is Sakura's big emotional moment with uh, Sasuke. So uh-huh. she talks to Naruto and she's like, Where's Sasuke? And Naruto's just quiet and she can tell that something went down. So she runs with Tazuna to find Sasuke lying on the ground. This is going back to that whole thing about like Sasuke being dead, but then ultimately he's not going to end up having been dead. But Sakura gets real tearful. She has this really cool moment where she's like, Oh my God, this time it's not a trick from Genjutsu, which references the first challenge that they all had together um, where she was tricked into believing that Sasuke was had died. And she's like, Oh, in school I always aced my tests until one day a test question threw me off and the test question said that a shinobi must never show emotion instead focusing on the mission and that a shinobi should never shed tears and literally nobody in the show follows those rules not a single <laughs> living soul follows this rule i don't know why they have that rule because nobody follows it yeah um and so she's upset about this, uh, having more upset times. Um, Kakashi is just beating the crap out of Zabaza still. In the meantime, we see Gato coming to the bridge. Yeah, and basically and the Kakashi and Zabaza so fight stupid. has sort of ended because Kakashi has disabled both of Zabaza's arms. They are limp Wait, and he can't use them. There is a sick, sick beatdown maneuver that you do not get to skip over if you watch this episode and you totally should even just for this there's this moment where zabaza is like he's coming at kakashi and he swings a sword kakashi ducks underneath it and then just backhands him in the fucking face it's awesome he just like slams him into the ground then zabaza gets back up and he's like why can't i match his movement speeds anymore he runs at him with his blade swings it at him Kakashi, like, jumps over the blade, hits him in the face again, then stabs him in the arm. Yeah. So both of his arms have been disabled, and he's just standing there, like, looking limp and stupid, and Gato is just like, well, Zabaza, it looks like we're gonna have to take care of this for you anyways, while he's holding a stupid fucking cast. Right. By the way, nobody has signed that cast. Nobody signed his cast. signed it. Nobody gives a shit about you, Gato, you (laughs) stupid idiot. Um, so, oh, Gato was totally the kid from It. Nobody signed his cast except one person who wrote Loser. Yeah. So, um, we get to the last episode of our coverage today, The Demon in the Snow, episode 19. So Gato arrives, he is flanked by a horde of swordsmen, and he's like, hey, my strategy changed. Here's the deal, Zabuza, you're gonna die today. Part of the reason that I hired you in the first place was so that other ninja would fight you and you would kill each other off because I don't like ninja. 
Yeah. And uh, there's a pretty sweet moment where, like, um, where they have this connection between uh, Naruto and Zabaza, where Naruto is talking about, like, um, how he, you know, ninja respect themselves and stuff like that. And Zabaza has this moment where he's just like, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die doing what I know how to do. And he, like, says that he knows how to kill. <laughs> and yeah. so he gets, like, he, he, like, pulls off the bandages from his face out of, with his mouth. He does it with his mouth. He's, like, moving his lips. They and cut away because they couldn't figure out how that shit happened. So they cut away to somebody <laughs> watching it happen, and we get some sound effects. <laughs> and then we cut back, and his bandages are gone. Yeah. And Naruto throws him a knife, like a kunai knife, to his mouth. And then Zabuza does maybe the most badass thing that I've ever seen him do, which is go on a murder train to try to get to Gato. It's with so cool. just holding a kunai in his mouth. Yeah. He kills so many ninjas. He does. So he's just like <laughs> dipping and dodging with his this knife in his mouth and using it to slash at people so that they'll get out of his way so he can get to Gato. Yeah. And he gets up to Gato and he slashes him, but it's not a fatal slash. It just hurts. And Gato – and then – uh, uh, Zabuza gets stabbed in the back by like 18 spears and yeah. he's like still standing but just barely and Gato's like yup you're fucked and then Zabuza's like no I'm gonna kill you and then he just like slashes him like eight times and then Gato pl- plummets from the bridge into the water below yeah fuck Gato yeah he's stupid, an asshole stupid cat man so uh, Zabuza, like, turns to make his way through the swordsmen, who are now fucking terrified, and they part so that he can get through, and he's, like, slowly making his way toward Haku, and he is, like, halfway there, and he stumbles and falls, and he looks up, and now he's looking at just this, like, glowing mist with Haku standing in the middle of it in his, like, more... um, like regular everyday clothing instead of his fight wear. So mm-hmm. Haku is like staring at him and Zabuza like lays down because he can't make it over to him. And Kakashi is standing next to Naruto and he's like super Ned Stark about it where he's like, Naruto, don't look away from this. You've got to see it. <laughs> Have you seen Zabuza's death? You have to watch it. It's the best. <laughs> um, so, anyways, also uh, this is where Sasuke stands back up, and he's like, "Yeah, by the way, Sasuke's alive." <laughs> he literally just like he like wakes up as though he were unconscious, and then he just stands mm-hmm. up. He doesn't even like lay there and be like, "I'm injured." Like Naruto mm-hmm. was more incapacitated from training for a night on the trees than Sasuke was from seemingly dying. It's really frustrating. Yeah. Whatever, let's get over that yeah. and go into this next part with it, which is um, the surf competition has finally reached the bridge. Um, yeah, uh, so Inari has done a lot of uh, sick, sick wave moves down below. I'm all, kidding. He's terrible. He's the worst at surfing. All of the swordsmen that Gato had hired are like, "Hey, that was the way that we were going to get paid, and now we're pissed because you killed him. So we're going to go fuck this town up and take valuable things from it as recompense." And the ninja Not for are Surf City USA. Yeah, the ninja are like, uh, this is gonna be tough. And then Inari shows up with the cavalry, 
And yeah. that is what stops but them. But they don't do anything. No, they don't. What stops them is that Naruto does Shadow Clone Jutsu, and then Kakashi's just like, I can do that too. And does like a Shadow Clone Jutsu with like, like 5,000 Kakashis. Yeah, yeah, so many. And then they all are like uh, escaping, much like uh, like a Team Rocket at the end of a episode of uh they're blasting off again (laughs) poking off yeah they're all getting into the boat and sailing off again yeah just like all like climbing onto it and falling into the water and running away then we have a really dumb moment where they're just like thanks for saving the city and they're like no thank you and then we have we get to leave this stupid fucking town (laughs) no there's some nice moments in the denouement so zabaza strangely is also still alive but he's actually dying for realsies he yeah. uses his last breath to ask Kakashi to take him over to Haku because he couldn't get there himself. And so Kakashi carries him over to Haku and they hold hands. And then this snow begins to fall. And one of the villagers is like, oh, snow at this time of year. And then we cut to a little bit later and we're at this burial site. So they've put up like a cross or something for Haku. And then they've stabbed Zabuza's sword into the ground for Zabuza. And Kakashi, Naruto, Sasuke, and uh, Sakura are all standing there around it. And they're kind of like, man, Kakashi's sort of like, you know, Ninja should not worry about your reason for being because you're just tools. And Naruto's like, I don't like that. I'm going to pursue my own thing. And that's sort of the takeaway from this arc. Um, And then they're leaving and Inari and Tazuna are there to say goodbye to them. And Naruto and Inari both cry because that's their deal. And Tazuna is like, hey, we're going to call this bridge the Great Naruto Bridge. And then the last moment, which I thought was pretty touching, is that Tazuna's like, I think that that name is going to serve as a wish that this bridge will never collapse. And eventually the name is going to be famous around the world. And it was a nice little button on the end. And then they head back to the village to move into the next story arc. And that's it. Yeah, so... So, that's the end of this first important arc of Naruto. Yeah, um, and this is also the our first, like, end. Like, this is not the yeah. end of Naruto, but this is the first time we've really come to, like, a conclusion. Like, I guess the episodes of One Punch Man and Cowboy Bebop each are little self-contained stories, so they have their own individual ends, but this is really, like, an end that we've been building to, and that's the first time it's happened on our show. So, Road... road roadmap to success that was that was really inspiring spencer you you really bought into that yeah i'm i'm drunk are you straight up falling asleep right now we should probably end here because you're falling all the way asleep anyways um so uh next episode we are going to be jumping in with uh what are we back to next time we're heading back to one One punch Punch man Man. yeah and again i have not watched these episodes but there's this character called the deep sea king and he's going to be showing up yeah so uh stay tuned for uh clips of the next episode yeah yeah, and also a whole bunch of social media stuff so stick around yeah listen to that bye Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing work done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level four sound wizard. Our podcast is ad-free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to help us keep releasing episodes without the use of ads, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patrons get exclusive member content as well as unlocking group perks. 
follow us on Twitter at B and S Get Jumped, and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. New episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like the show, please like, subscribe, and review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Yeah, Moomin Rider actually does something important. Say what?